0: jarring hello <laughs> and welcome to sort of the story episode 50 we really should have practiced if you were gonna be cool <laughs> oh i just assume you're never gonna be
1: cool so. oh burn <laughs> episode 50 is where this out we're adversaries from now on <laughs> this starts our villain arcs <laughs>
0: mm. Hello and welcome to to. Sword
1: of the Story.
0: I'm Janie. I'm Max. And today Max and I are going to be telling each other some
1: stories.
0: And also you're here and you can listen. Well, You can't tell
1: us stories though because that's not how um, podcasts work.
0: If you would like to tell us stories shoot us an email at sortofthestory at gmail.com.
1: Or join us on discord. Or tiktok.
0: Yeah or twitter or goodreads. Instagram. Instagram. You can find us all over the place. You can even check out some of the books that we read and we retell on this podcast at our bookshop.org affiliate account.
1: Uh, The link for that is in our story notes as well as the link for everything
0: else. And in our bios on Instagram. Guys, we're fucking excited that you're here. Thank you for listening to that really quick sort of ad for us. Yeah, so this week we're
1: going to be doing Arthurian Legends for our 50 episode themed episode
0: episode. Episode! (laughs) Whenever I think of Arthurian Legends, Max, I think of you. The same way whenever I think of Lord of the Rings, I think of you, except if it's The Hobbit, because as you know, I was in The Hobbit. (laughs) Janie was in an ad for Bush Gardens. Yeah, Bush Gardens Christmas Town, that aired
1: before The Hobbit in our area, and Janie and I were not super close friends yet at that point. And so I was at a midnight screening of The Hobbit in a mostly empty theater with one of my friends and this commercial for the Christmas village at Bush Gardens came on. And I was like, not really paying attention. And then Janie was there.
0: And then on the screen. We were pretty good friends because you you emailed me while I was in China, and you came mm-hmm. to visit me in China. We had, at that point, established we were best friends. I'm a little bit fucked up over the fact that you just said we weren't friends. How <laughs> <at Air. laughs> dare? Like it was
1: like 2013. It was like end of 2013, beginning of 2014.
0: We were friends by then. You know what? This isn't important for the podcast. What is important is that we're doing Arthurian Legends today. Yeah.
1: Exciting. Exciting. Should I just go ahead and do a quick little
0: primer? Yeah, before we before we get started with this, because I didn't know anything about the Arthurian legends, except that it comes up again and again in some of the stories that we tell, because it spans across different cultures. So if mm-hmm. you listen to my Icelandic story of the Volsung saga a couple episodes ago, I mentioned that there is an Odin-based sword in the stone story that is in the Volsung saga. But that's all I know about, like, I know the sword the sword in the stone. Mm-hmm. I know about The Quest for Camelot, but I never watched the cartoon, so I don't know anything else about it.
1: The Quest for Camelot movie is not really about questing for Camelot. It's mostly Uh. about dragons and finding and learning to love yourself.
0: And Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That is or is not part of this.
1: Monty Python and the Holy Grail is almost is very, very accurate to the Arthurian legends, Then I know
0: a lot about it. <laughs> but please, you need to let us know what's up. Guys, we're about to be schooled so that we can know what we're going into. I'm not going to go too far into it
1: because Arthurian legend is something that is a like massive topic of literary, folkloric, and sociological study. So I'm definitely not an expert in it. But just so you guys have kind of the broad strokes. So King Arthur um, was a Celtic Briton. His story is set around the late 5th or early 6th century. He's probably not a real historical figure. He's probably like a, a literary invention because the first stories about him show up 300 years after his time. Yeah, And they're all very like sudden kind of. When we talk about Arthurian myths and Arthurian legend, as in the case of many mythologies, we don't really have a whole lot of clear canon. As far as the sources, Arthurian legend was kind of this massive sphere of stories and poems and songs that were all kind of centered around this idea of a king who comes up. His story is that he basically protected Britain from uh, the invading Saxons. He Mm -hmm. defeated the invading Saxon army and then uh, established like singular rule in Britain. And it was like a golden age. That's kind of his broad strokes, his story. He pulled the sword Excalibur from the stone to prove that he was the true king of England and all that. He has his castle at Camelot, which is like the center, the capital of his Britain and everything like that. So that's where that is. That's where the Knights of the Round Table are, which includes Lancelot and also Arthur's wife, Guinevere. Slash um,
0: Lancelot's lover, I found out during my research. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. That's Max, really... I don't know anything about this. Oh I my knew God. I thought Lancelot was hot. <laughs>
1: Yes. A big part of Arthurian legend is the idea that Lancelot is Arthur's best friend, but he and Guinevere are secretly in love and it's a massive betrayal and they run off together and it destroys everyone's lives. God, it's hot as hell. It's real hot. Yeah. Uh, But so there's Lancelot, Guinevere, Arthur is advised by Merlin. Merlin, Merlin, from Merlin.
0: From Merlin. (laughs) And the prophecy of Merlin. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Arthur is brother to To Morgana, who is like a sorceress who, it's actually alluded to in the story that I'm going to tell, that she is like a fallen goddess of like the occult and darkness. Cool. Yeah, at one point Arthur throws away the sword and then it's given back to him by the Lady of the Lake. You've probably heard of the Lady of the Lake before. And at one point he went on a search for the Holy Grail to like sort of elevate Christianity within Britain and everything like that and it's a whole thing. But that's just some terms that you may have heard. Oh, um, Avalon also is another term that you might... Yeah. um, Avalon is... Like the mists of Avalon. Yes. Okay, what is it? Avalon is kind of... It's an island. It's, like, through the veil a little bit. It's, like, the source of magic. Okay. So Excalibur is forged in Avalon. Morgana, like, takes her magic from Avalon or something like that. I'm... Is it's it not super Is it kind of
0: like Tirnanog? Is it like Yes, a land- it's very
1: much like Tirnanog. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of parallels between Arthurian legend and specifically... Celtic legend, uh, like parallels to Cuchulain and like all of this kind of, it is like a straight line from Celtic mythology to Arthurian myth.
0: Okay, fine. Um, Yeah. So so. Avalon is just the mystical place where magic happens. Yes. um, And they bring that into our world.
1: Yeah. So on the whole, Arthurian legend, it's a literary movement for the most part. It is like semi-mythological, semi-folkloric. And again, there is no specific canon. There is no established set of events that is like the absolute, here's the definite story, because there are so many versions of the Arthurian legends that are written and rewritten over the years, that it's more of like a series of stories rather than any one specific legend. So
0: I feel like the one that we take the most from then would be Thomas Mallory's version Mm -hmm. of events but even he i was looking this up even he was like he was inspired by other french versions and then changed them so much that it became like almost biblical yeah weird
1: yeah there is um there are a lot of christian through notes in um a lot of the existing copies of arthurian legend but there are also a lot of anti-christian through notes yeah um so again this is like a massive movement that spans centuries and centuries so there is no like singular thesis to it it's kind of just a series of stories the only thing that connects them is that they are all related to king arthur okay and uh who is dumbledore um dumbledore is the headmaster of hogwarts school of witchcraft and wizardry in... which is actually in
0: harry potter oh, which is oh a separate okay. Book okay i'm so sorry no and it's totally fine the cullen Easy. family comes in they're from Ireland
1: oh no Cullen oh. no, is from is from ireland that's a separate story mm-hmm. okay but when when does edward come in uh, King Edward, that would have been, like, several centuries later. Okay, I'm all turned around. But you
0: know what, guys? The point is you're going to have a great fucking episode. (laughs) All right, Janie, you're going first. that was a really good
1: explanation, and I appreciate it. Thanks. Also, all that to say, as always, uh, (laughs) these might not be the same stories that you've heard before. Doesn't mean that you're wrong or that we're wrong. Just means that there are different versions of them, and there is, again, no established canon.
0: (laughs) And that being said, because... uh, As I'm going to go into mine, this was super fucked up to try to research for me, because what the fuck? So if you do have a favorite source that you really love and that you grew up reading, please email us and let me specifically know, because I would like to read more, but Mm -hmm. I can't read the old, like, Middle English, like... (laughs) fucking medieval shit that's going on you can't fucking understand that and anybody that was like i read it and i loved it and i'm like did you <laughs> i found did a really good you? translation
1: of my story and i think that the person who translated it did a couple of other arthurian translations and i'm gonna look into them because the translation was wow awesome. delicious.
0: okay well if i'm going first then uh let's fucking get started let's do it to it awesome okay max okay Janie. Max. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) I've mentioned this now a couple times on the podcast because it makes... It just makes me laugh every time it comes up. And I'm like, Janie, why do you talk about this so much? But when I was little, I watched a movie that I don't remember the (laughs) name of or anything about. I was thinking this (laughs) the whole time I was doing my story. And if you're a regular listener, you can go ahead and put this on your bingo card. In this (laughs) movie, Arthur, this is what I remembered before, and I'm filling in the gaps now actually researching this. Arthur goes to a cave, right? He's in a weird sort of hunt. And there's a sexy woman who's like pretty much naked, and she's wearing some sort of animal mask. And then they fuck in a cave. And my brain was like, I know everything I need to know about Arthur. Because I was really little, and I watched it like, this is hot as hell. And to be honest, I'm sure if I watched it now, like, maybe it's even not explicit, or maybe it's so explicit that I shouldn't have watched it. Who knows? (laughs) That being said, I was like, I'm sure it was Morgana or somebody like that. Somebody mystical and, like, spooky. She was wearing an animal mask. She was naked in a cave. Oh, my God, guys. Anyway, <laughs> and I mentioned this all the fucking time because I want to know what, what it's from. Eyes Haven't... Wide Shut? <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Eyes Wide Shut as, like, a fucking six-year-old. <laughs> so, I decided to start looking up, when we said that we were going to do Arthurian Legends, I was like, let's look up Morgana. And, of course, that informed me, the the internet informed me, you're thinking of Morgan Le Fay, which is Morgana. Mm-hmm. So like, fuck you, internet, stop correcting me. So then I did correct myself to Morgan Le Fay, mm-hmm. and, and I read some of the old English <laughs> fucking original sources, didn't understand a word of it. Also, it's not interesting, and it's all in fucking first person pro. No, thank you. Everyone's just Ew. telling Arthur about it, everything that happens. Hmm. Stupid. That's dumb. Anyway, no shade to Thomas Mallory, but your work is dumb. So then... Um, <laughs> you <fuck> Thomas Mallory. <laughs> Thomas Mallory. Go fuck yourself. So I kept looking that up. I read some things about Morgan Le Fay. She's super interesting. And then I was like, let's start at the beginning because you don't know anything. And you're just kind of jumping into the middle of non-stories because you don't know what the stories are. So instead, I'm going to start out with the fucked up birth of Arthur. And then we're going to go from there. And we're going to realize that I wasn't thinking of Morgan (laughs) Le Fay and all of that explanation was uh, not useful. (laughs) Are you ready? I am ready. Mm -hmm. Do it. Do it. Okay. Uther Pendragon. Yep. That's the one. That's the one. He is the brother of the King of England and he's out at war and he's doing his brave Uther of Pendragon things. I'm assuming fighting wars, like kissing bitches, you know, Yeah, Uther. (laughs) And then he gets word basically, (laughs) he looks up and he sees this giant fucking burning bright star in the sky. And he's like, wow, that's pretty. And I think it might be Merlin. This is all a little fuzzy for me. Mm -hmm. I think it might be Merlin who's like, that's not pretty, you idiot. That's a terrible sign. And he's like, but it's so nice. (laughs) It's like, whoa, you know, like the beauty of nature. Am I right, Merlin? And Merlin's like, your brother's dead. (laughs) He's like, whoa, what? (laughs) I'm just trying to enjoy the stars, man. And so it turns out his brother was poisoned, which makes Uther... By the star? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is the the plot of A Star is Born. (laughs) Um, No, Lady Gaga did it. So Merlin, like, completely kills his vibe and says, your brother is dead, I'm Merlin, and I know things. And Uther's like, that's, well, that's a bummer. And he's like, good news is, though, you're the king now. And so Uther becomes the king. Okay, that's where we are. He goes back home.
1: Real quick. Yeah. Just a fun little thing. Merlin, oh, who yeah. you may know from, you know, being Merlin, mm-hmm. uh, you might not know that in some Arthurian canon, Merlin experiences time backwards. Uh, I
0: didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so he, at the end of his life, is the first moment that he knows So the earlier in Arthurian legend you get, the smarter Merlin is because he's already lived through all of the later events. God, did you know that
0: Benjamin Button is inspired by Merlin? (laughs) Anyways,
1: that's just a fucked up thing.
0: That is super fucked up. Also that Merlin is the son of the devil. Yeah. He's literally the, he's the child of an incubus. Who is the devil? (laughs) Merlin's cool as shit. So... Uther Pendragon, he goes home. He has to celebrate the victory of winning this war because he did a big thing, but also he wants to garner like support from the people because he came back and is now just suddenly their new king and so he's like fuck i need to like kind of show off a bit <laughs> like i'm obviously the heir but am i really a king until the people get behind me sort of thing and so he holds this huge easter festival and he invites all of his commanders all of his nobles to come with their wives and children and to celebrate and he's like wearing his crown the other like the whole time he's spending this lavish amount of money he's throwing around his wealth and his authority and his power and people are fucking eating it up. They're like, can we suck your dick, please? And he's like, no. Too cool. <laughs> pass. He's playing Smasher pass with everybody in the fucking kingdom. And so, when he
1: smashes, uh, he just punches them in the face.
0: <laughs> and they're like, we love him. What a One good time, guy. Uther Pendragon punched me in the face. <laughs> it was, was awesome. awesome. <laughs> so he has... This advisor who, when he was about to lose the war, he had gathered all of his advisors together and his commanders. And he's like, what do we do? And this one particular man, Gorlois. Sure. This one particular man, Gorlois, is like, this is what you're going to do. He gives him a really good plan. He's really good at counseling him. He's really wise. Everybody respects him. And Uther really respects him. And so that's Gorlois. He saved his butt. So he comes with his wife, just as everyone else does. His wife's name is Mm Igraine, And Igraine is hot as hell. She's like the sexiest woman that Uther has ever seen. She's also a lot younger than her husband, which is just kind of casually mentioned, which I think it's sure to be like, Gorlois really pulled a good one. And really, I'm like, poor Grain. She (laughs) obviously was a child married off to like, a king, you know, but he's the Duke of Cornwall. That's Mm. who Gorlois is, the Duke of Cornwall. I know. So, Uther sees her, and he becomes, like, instantly infatuated. Like, it is not even described as love, really. It's just, like, an instant, overwhelming lust. He's like, I gotta fuck that woman. I gotta fuck her now. <laughs> and so he starts being super obvious and creepy about this. Uther starts, like, hand-feeding her shit, and he's, like, bringing her wine and golden goblets when everyone else is, like, sipping from pewter. <laughs> like, fucking basic bitches. <laughs> and he um, <laughs> he's like, here, you can have this silver goblet. Garlowis. <laughs> 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 and Garlowis is like... Don't say my name like that. I know that's how you say my name, but like, hmm, I don't like when you say it. And so he's like genuinely being super obvious and really creepy. And everyone notices, including Igraine, who's like, uh, hey dude, I'm married. <laughs> uh, but also, you're the new king. I'm, I'm kind of in a weird, tough spot here because she can't like refuse him, but also she is like the object of his every fucking attention at the, so he's not looking at anyone else. And Gorlois notices this it's happening right in front of his fucking face and unlike his wife he's not gonna play coy he's like this is fucking bullshit don't what are you doing you can't fuck my wife dude <laughs> also you she fuck doesn't my wife <laughs> you fuck my wife also she doesn't want to and so gorlois decides he's gonna walk out all of his friends are like hey don't do this you're gonna cause way more problems than you want to like it's not worth it just stay and like hang out through the weekend and then leave like, don't make a big deal. Galois is like, fuck that, I'm taking my wife and we're leaving. And they leave and they go back to Cornwall without saying anything to Uther. They don't get his permission to leave, they just get addled. And naturally Uther's like, Hey, dude, I didn't fuck your wife yet. Hey! I don't know. <laughs> get if- back here, let me fuck your wife. <laughs> I do not think you noticed this, but I hadn't gotten laid yet. <laughs> it's kind of a party foul, husband of the woman I wanna fuck. <laughs> so He sends Gorlois a summons, and he demands him to come back and beg for forgiveness. But Gorlois is like, I'm not fucking doing that. And he just continues on his journey. So Uther, in an insane fucking stalker move, gathers an army, and he marches after Gorlois. He, like, cuts his fucking celebration short in order to go fetch this woman he wants to fuck. Jesus. Yeah. And so he's laying waste to entire towns and cities. People are getting murdered. By the way, this is the hero of our story, just so you know. Gorlois is like, I, can't, I don't have an army big enough to fight Uther's new army that's not even, like, hasn't even been his for long. So he just decides to fortify his town that he's in, and then he sends Igraine back to a different, like, castle called Tintagel. And he's like, this is my safest refuge. This is the only place I know for a fact that he won't be able to get to you there, because Tintagel is basically surrounded by the sea and cliffs and then there's only one entrance in and it's like a tiny little like rock bridge and there's a bunch of places for Tintagel like what is it called where you are above They're, like, looking down. Basically, Tintagel is looking down at this rock bridge. So everybody... overlook? Yeah. And they all have, like, a height advantage. Mm -hmm. And so they can just take out armies because it's so thin. You can only send, like, one person at a time. Meaning if you try to do that, then everybody will just murder you as you go in single file line to Tintagel. So he's like, this is our safest place. And he says goodbye to her. And he kisses her. And he's like... You have the greatest chance of survival if I send you here. And maybe if the two of us are separated, then we can actually save both of us and also Cornwall, mm-hmm. which is under attack right now. So they do that. Luther hears about this and he is despondent. He's like, <laughs> oh my God, now she's even harder to fuck. No, <laughs> I'm the hero of this story. I just want to get my dick wet. <laughs> this isn't for kids. <clears throat> So he tries to get into Gorlois' castle to like get him, but he can't break down the walls. And the entire time, he's like burning with his desire for a grain who's shown no interest in him at all. <laughs> so Uther eventually summons his friend Ulfin for advice. And he tells him if he doesn't have sex with a grain, his blue balls might kill him. And then the world's tiniest violin plays for him. And there's like a long passage about, meh, 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 we're sad for Uther. Ulfin tells Uther, blue balls are really real, man. Definitely. It's not a myth made up by men. It can kill you. I have a friend. I haven't personally felt this, but I have a friend of a friend who died from blue balls. Like, you (laughs) got to get this checked out, man. Uh, I personally have never had that happen, but I know it does, bro. (laughs) He says, you need to ask Merlin to help us get into Tintagel, which it's only, like I mentioned, it's inaccessible. So Merlin comes in and he's like, bro, I got you. No, I'm not going to give you a potion to get rid of your mythical blue balls. (laughs) Instead, I'm going to use potions and the, quote, hidden arts to make you look like Gorlois. And he transforms with a polyjuice potion, Uther, into Gorlois. He transforms Ulfin into one of Gorlois' friends, Jordan of Tendagel. (laughs) And he makes himself look like Bryce. Fucking Bryce. (laughs) Is that really the guy's name? That's his name. Bryce. Another friend Hilarious. of Gorlois. It's, it's Gorlois, Jordan, and Bryce.
1: <laughs> That's a frat. It's just
0: a frat. <laughs> the fucking is fucking frat bros. Ooh. And together, Gorlois, Jordan, and Bryce, they ride together straight up to the gates like they own the place because everyone thinks they do.
1: <laughs> so those are those names that like historically mm-hmm. are like, very, very old names, but then you hear them in a historical contest, a text, and you're like, that's not right.
0: (laughs) You didn't do that right. Brittany?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Brittany was a hugely popular name for, like, centuries. And now it's like,
0: Brittany, bitch.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine being in the 1400s and your mom's name is fucking Brittany?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's like, that's such an old-fashioned name. (laughs) It's a grandma name. Okay, so... Since Uther looks like Gorlois, Max, mm-hmm. I think you know where this is going. He goes straight to a grain. He doesn't even fucking stop even a little bit. He's like, point me to a grain, I need to get my dick wet. And she's like, oh, my husband's home. And he immediately is like, we're having sex. And she's like, okay. And so they have sex. Uh, this is the quote. Uther, in the guise... Oh, sorry. This is the quote from my source, FolkloreThursday.com. So it's not like a source from the original text. (laughs) But they said, Uther, in the guise of Gorlois, told her he had allowed Demiliac Castle, which is where Gorlois was, he sent her to Tintagel. He had allowed Demiliac Castle to be besieged to draw the enemy away from Tintagel to keep her safe. He, like, made up this huge fucking story about his Gorlois's bravery, just all in, you know, to keep her safe because she's his precious wife and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And a grain believed all of his words and, quote, gave freely that night everything he desired. And then I wrote mm. anal. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was his birthday.
1: <laughs> right in the e <laughs> <laughs> That's really fucking
0: rude. She just, <laughs> she's being assault. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. I <laughs> This isn't good. Okay, so that same night, Gorlois was, in real life, killed in battle by Uther's army. Sorry, I say real life. Uh, I mean outside of this weird doppelganger mm-hmm. that is currently raping his wife. Yeah. So, Gorlois was killed in battle by Uther's army in Demiliac, and Uther and Igraine conceived Arthur, the greatest of the kings of the Britons. Mm-hmm. So that's how Arthur was conceived, through tricks. The next morning, a messenger arrives and urgently requested to speak to Agrain and delivered the unfortunate news that her husband had been killed by Uther's armies. And as she's sitting there like, what? Uther comes out, disguised as Gorlois. And he's like, hey, idiot, I'm still alive. As you can plainly see, your information is fucking faulty. And they're all like, oh, sorry, my lord. I thought, huh why did i walk all the way here (laughs) this is crazy and he said i guess i'll go now and i'll make amends with uther who is like super cool and handsome and i heard really good in bed and also i'm ugly and stupid fart so uh yeah so and then it says this is another fucking quote that kills me his lust satiated barf Uther leaves Agrain and Tintagel with his friends, and he rejoins his army in his own skin. And then he gets the news about Gorlois' death. And it's noted that he was sad that Gorlois had to die because Gorlois was one of his best friends. But then he was super stoked because Agrain is now single, meaning he gets to go marry her. She does not know she had sex with Uther. Mm-hmm. She thinks she had a passionate night with her husband, and then her husband kissed her and left. And then was murdered. Jesus. By Uther, so he returns to Tintagel and he takes Egrain as his wife. And it said that quote they lived happily and with great love between them. There's no other mention uh, of her mm. feelings or anything. So anyway, Jesus. Yeah. So that's how Arthur is born, just straight up through rape through deception. So I want to go in now. The point of all of that is setting up Arthur because mm-hmm. now I want to go into Igraine's three children with Gorlois. So according to Thomas Mallory's 1485, La Morte d'Arthur, Gorlois and Agraine had three daughters together before Uther came and fucked everything up. The daughters were Margos, Morgan le Fay, and Elaine.
1: I'm <laughs>
0: like, Margos, Morgan, and Elaine? <laughs> Elaine, you're the least favorite, <laughs> I hate to tell you. It's kind of like how my siblings are, Savannah, Janie, and Junior. <laughs> it's like, Savannah, you might be the favorite. Savannah's a beautiful name. <laughs> After Uther marries Agrain, Morgos is married off to his ally, the Orcadian King Lot, making Morgos a queen, very young. So Queen Morgos, she gives birth to four sons, who all serve later as knights of the Round Table. Gawain, one of Arthur's greatest knights we love so much, (laughs) Agravain, a traitor, (laughs) Geharis, which the Wikipedia had no notes about, but I have a lot of notes about, (laughs) and Gareth, a gentle and loving soft boy of a knight who might be my favorite. Time will tell. (laughs) Love it. Morgos was obsessed with Gareth because he was so fucking sweet. She was, like, always worried about him. Mm -hmm. I love her. According to the French Vulgate Cycle and the Prose Merlin, a very young King Arthur Later on, right? He's already now pulled the sword from the stone. He's been growing up with a foster family. He doesn't know anything about his origins. He pulls the sword from the stone. He becomes the king of Camelot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now there's a bunch of wars as everyone's like, you're not the fucking king. So he's fighting a bunch of stuff. King Lot has become his greatest enemy. Hmm. And basically, Margos, this is There's so many different versions of this. I'm going to give you two. In this version of the French Vulgate cycle... King Lot basically sends Morgos as sort of an ambassador, and she goes to Camelot. And a super young King Arthur looks at her and is like, that's a hot fucking lady. Like, she's hot as hell. And he sees her and he's like, I know she's King Lot's wife, but like, I gotta hit that. And so in a move that can be described only as like father, like son, Arthur deceives Morgos into thinking he is her husband, and then they fuck.
1: God damn it.
0: Uh, And they conceive a son, Mordred. And then I had to make a note. This is confusing because I found several sources that say this is what happens, but then don't explain it. And I couldn't find any sources for it, like any actual first-hand sources, which I had a hard time finding first-hand sources through all of this. I found Project Gutenberg has it, but Mm -hmm. it's all over the place.
1: Yeah, a lot of it is in, like, tatters of
0: manuscripts and stuff that are in, like, the British Museum. Yeah, it's really hard. But then I found this passage from Mallory later. Quote, for she was a passing fair lady, wherefore the king cast great love onto her and desired to lie by her. So they were agreed, and he begat upon her Mordred, and she was his sister on the mother's side, Egrain. <laughs> They're like, listen, he went up, was like, do you want to hit this? And she was like, I would, my lord, I really would. And then they went and fucked. They had a child later, Mordred, from this night. Also, she was his sister from his mom's side, grain, half-sister. Mm-hmm. Done. Thank you, Mallory. That was very concise. Thanks, Mel. Okay. So, right <laughs> after this happens, right, Arthur is like, Merlin, dude, you'll never guess what happened. And Merlin's like, I have the terrible curse of prophecy. I know exactly what happened, to Arthur. <laughs> and he delivers the bad news that A, Margos is his sister. And Arthur's like, what? <laughs> Oh, God, that's terrible news. And he says, also, she's pregnant. Arthur, Arthur's like, ew, <laughs> that's worse news. <laughs> and then he says, you're going to have a child born on May Day, and uh, he's going to one day fucking murder you. And Arthur's like... I'm gonna stop having you around. You kill every vibe. I came here to high five about getting laid, and now I'm gonna be murdered by my incest baby. You're the worst dude. Merlin's like, hey man, I'm just I'm just telling you what's going on.
1: I don't didn't do shoot, any of this. Don't
0: shoot the, the demon messenger, okay? Don't shoot the wizard. This is what this is the quote from Thomas Mallory. Uh, from Merlin, quote, But ye have done a thing late that God is displeased with you, for ye have lain by your sister. At which point I'm guessing Arthur just starts throwing up. <laughs> and on her ye have gotten a child. And he's like, bleh! He throws up more, projectile vomiting. That shall destroy you and all the knights of your realm. For it is God's will, your body be punished for your foul deeds. That's unfair. <laughs> hey, God! <laughs> Maybe make things more clear. (laughs) Maybe give her, like, a recognizable birthmark that he can be like, oh, shit, we're related. I shouldn't hit that. (laughs) And then punish him if he does still hit that.
1: Yeah, that's definitely uh, not a sin, just a misunderstanding. Arthur, he's,
0: like, also, he's, like, really young. Yeah. And she's a lot older, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it's is shitty. That's not on Arthur. Or Morgos. This is unfortunate. Okay, so there are also some versions where Morgos knew she was fucking her brother and she went in basically as a spy and then fucked her brother. Mm. <laughs> which makes her more of a villain. I'm uh, fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with... Well, I'm not fine with it, but I'm okay with her having more agency. Yeah. For the most part, it is thought that Morgos is completely innocent throughout all of this. That she is literally just trying to live her fucking life and do her job and everyone's just trying to fuck her constantly. Mm -hmm. So she does have Mordred. (laughs) Arthur orders all of the babies born on May Day to be gathered up and put on a boat and sent out to sea. The boat hits a rock because babies can't row. Max. (laughs) (laughs) And it sinks and it drowns all those innocent babies except for Mordred who is rescued from the wreck. Mallory's source that he wrote from, like inspired from, is called the French Suite du Merlin. It's way less violent than that. Mm-hmm. So Mallory wrote it like King Herod in the Bible, who gathers up all the babies. That's what he basically turns Arthur into, which yeah. is obviously he took a Christian story from the Bible and he turned it into Arthur's, killing all the babies. Yeah. In the Sweet du Merlin, instead, Arthur just sends away all the babies. Like he basically is like, any baby born on May Day bring them here to my kingdom. I need to make sure that they're raised in isolation and that I also can keep an eye on them. So he doesn't murder a bunch of babies. So he has them all put onto a boat. All the babies from Scotland born on a certain day are all put onto a boat. And then on its way from Scotland to Camelot, the boat sinks and the only surviving baby is Mordred, who is raised far away. So that's Mordred. As for Margos, eventually she falls madly in love with a rival knight named Sir Lamorack. One day, her son Geharis of Wikipedia's No Notes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sure. He finds his mom and Sir Lamarack in flagrante and Castle Rethyname. And in a rage, he grabs his mom, Morgos, by the hair, and he fucking cuts off her head while she's still oh in bed. That's how Morgos dies. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He spares her unarmed lover because it would not be... Oh, my God, he has no arms? <laughs> yeah. He cuts off his arms and then he... Leaves. No, he spares Lamorack He's like, yeah, I'm not going to kill you because it's not very manly of me to kill a man who doesn't have a weapon. Meanwhile, he just fucking Killed cut his off mom. his mother's head because she was having an affair with somebody he didn't like. Stupid. He leaves him naked and covered in her own blood and freaking out. Uh, Geharis is later banished from the court of Arthur and is later on eventually slain by Lancelot, who did make a point to be like, hey, that's fucked, dude. That's fucked up. You don't just behead Morgos. You can't just get away with that. That's really fucked up. Yeah. So yeah, that is, uh, I have notes on Keharis. It's that you're a stupid little bitch. It is later also mentioned that his three brothers are also mad at him. Not so much for murdering their mom, but they're upset that he left Lamarack alive. Hmm. Super fucked up. So, yeah, that's the story of Morgos. She's not really a huge story. She's overshadowed a lot by Morgan Le Fay. And even Elaine gets more time than her, I think, later. And the Lady of the Lake gets more time than Morgos. But I have found that I love her. Yeah. And she's really important for plot in a lot of other, like, who she births. She's really important for plot. And here's my favorite picture ever, my favorite print ever of Mordred. It's called Sir Mordred by H.J. Ford. It looks like a pen and ink drawing. And it's from King Arthur The Tales of the Round Table by Andrew Wing. It looks like
1: so it's it's Mordred like leaning on <laughs> a massive Claymore. Okay. He's like leaning on a massive Claymore sword and he has uh are Claymore's mines. They're also mines. Okay. And he's wearing
0: a big pointy hat that looks like it has bat wings, and I really like that. And there are crows flying all around him, but he also is is leaning so casually, and he looks like I'm fucking getting too old for this man. <laughs> like I think he looks unimpressed. Like, I think he looks like he's waiting in line at Chipotle. <laughs> he does like, but like he has he's had a long like, day at work. The walk is extra. <laughs> oh my god, this lady in front of me just she clear, she's pronouncing everything. Can I have some mm, guacamole? And also some... (laughs) Sephritis. Oh my god. Uh, I would like some of those (laughs) frijoles. And he's just like sitting there like, I have had such a long fucking day. (laughs) I like the attitude. I think he's hot as hell. But yeah, that's all the stuff I learned about Morgos. Nice. I love it. Yeah. That's so good. I'm glad that you finally found out what your movie was about. Yeah, now I have to go find the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, let's watch Arthur and Morgos fucking a (laughs) cave. I'm going to be horrified if it's, like, super explosive. I'm thinking it is. And (laughs) I watched it when I was, like, six years old. (laughs) I'm going to be horrified for little me. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Do you want to take a break? Yeah. Awesome. We'll see you guys soon.
1: Janie okay Max I have for you Mm -hmm. a gift of a story okay that's what we do here you You need to
0: talk louder I feel like I'm (laughs) shouting
1: (laughs) so the story that I'm going to be telling to you today you may have heard of this very famous movie that came out last
0: year of the same name it is The Green Knight I feel like we both picked the stories that are the most horny for us (laughs) yes okay i know for a fact that even though this isn't like i i don't think that any, everybody was like this is a horny movie and I, I might be wrong i feel like you thought it was a horny movie oh it's a horny movie okay <laughs> i'll get into it <laughs> <laughs> guys this is a sexy sexy episode
1: so the story of the green knight mm-hmm. uh comes from a poem with an unknown author we don't know who wrote it. Okay. We also,
0: it doesn't have a name. Is this is this a good time for me to tell you that it was me?
1: Oh I wrote God. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do know
0: that the author wrote it sometime
1: in the 14th century, I believe. I didn't write that down, but I, I, that, I think that's what I read. <laughs> sure. Um, wrote it in the 14th century. Uh, they were contemporary of Chaucer and like Canterbury Tales, which was written around the same time. Yeah. A lot of people thought that this was Chaucer who wrote this, but it has since been
0: proven that it wasn't. It is so wild. This is a huge part. It's wild to me that Chaucer isn't more modern. I My brain tells me Chaucer is 1800s. Yeah, no, it's old. It's <laughs> wild. Wild. Yeah. Maybe because his stuff is translated out of Old English. Into more modern stuff, so I just associate him with eighteen hundred Victorian writers.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's fair. Yeah. But they were contemporary of Chaucer. The story of the Green Knight was written in Middle English in a northwest Midlands dialect, based on like linguistic analysis and stuff like that. So we have an idea of who the author might have been, but we don't have any names that we can associate with it. There are a couple of other works that we think are probably written by the same person, but again, we just don't know who wrote this. Mm -hmm. And again, didn't have a name until um, it was published in 1839 from the manuscript of this uh, guy whose last name was Cotton, and in his own system, this manuscript was called Cotton Nero A.X., so that's what people refer to this manuscript that contains the story of the Green Knight as, coming coming from uh, Cotton Nero A.X., This story, though, in the 1839 edition was titled Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Okay. Gawain, or Gawain, uh, the son of Morgos.
0: Nice! (laughs) And then we're just jumping right in with the story. Yeah. Gawain is Arthur's favorite knight. (laughs) Um,
1: Yes. I'm very excited. This is is a great little little layup that we have going on here. I'm really excited. (laughs) So, set the scene for you here. Okay. It's Camelot. It's New Year's Eve. King Arthur is now a very old man, but still, you know, a knight, still very broad of stature, still very competent in his body and everything like that. Yeah. Seated next to him at the round table is his wife, Queen Guinevere, also older, but still a striking beauty. I can still fucking get it. Keeping
0: it tight, girl. <laughs> Keeping it tight.
1: On the other side of Guinevere is a very young knight. Who is handsome as all hell? He (laughs) is known as the Ladies' Knight. Oh!
0: Because And she's like, you can sit next to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know the story in uh, Monty Python the Holy Grail where there's, like, the castle full of virgins? Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want that. That's Gawain, who, who, that, who that happened to. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, specifically known for being, like, a champion of women. And, like, he's also known as, as being, like, a really, like, a smooth talker. Kind of almost like a poet where everyone's, like, just the coolest and best. <laughs> um, okay. And, again, super hot. He's the youngest knight at the table. And he's also... Arthur's nephew. Mm -hmm. The rest of the table is surrounded by all the big names. You know, you've got your your Lancelots and your so-ons. And they're all sitting around the table and they are waiting for the feast to begin, the New Year's Eve feast. And they're all exchanging presents with each other and laughing and drinking and everything. And everything gets quiet for a second. And Arthur says, you know what I want? I want to hear a story about An amazing adventure.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And everyone's like, ooh, okay. And they start whispering amongst themselves. And then the front door bangs open. (laughs) And with a chill gust of like midwinter air, a horse ridden by a man walks in. Mm -hmm. And I use both of those terms as loosely as possible. Okay. Because this horse is massive and green. (laughs) The man astride the horse is. Bigger than any human has any right to be. Uh, Some scholars posit that he is considered to be half-giant. His skin is green. His his hair hair. is in long, curly locks, a very dark green. All of his clothes are emblazoned with green and gold and like leaf motifs. Mm -hmm. And he is holding, in one hand, a massive green and gold ornate battle axe, Mm -hmm. and in the other hand, a holly bough. Cool. Um, like a branch from a holly tree.
0: My God, Max, are you telling us another origin of Santa Claus story? Come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that this guy walks in. He's just a child of the nephilim. Yeah, so
1: good. He's fu- This guy comes in he, bigger than life, just riding a horse into the Round Table. King yeah. Arthur's knights of the round. <laughs> they're all hanging out, and then just suddenly this fucking huge guy. Busts down the door and is like, hey, what's up? It's (laughs) me,
0: Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) And from then on, he is known as the Green Knight. Amazing. For obvious reasons. Yeah. In that he's green. (laughs) I would not have... I was thinking Green Knight as in medieval times. Like, he's wearing a green fucking ribbon. he's green. Awesome. (laughs) I'm on board immediately. Yeah.
1: uh, It's not explained why he's green, also. Uh, I'm just going to get that out of the way early. Uh, We don't... It's not... It's not really explained why he's green. Nope. Uh, there are lots of theories about, like, why in literary, in a literary sense he's green, but... Medically,
0: no. Doctors are stumped.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is actually, though, if you... You can actually see in some manuscripts that they have allusions to him being somewhat related to um, the jelly Green Giant.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a joke. Um, I only know it's a joke because of the way you stopped and went, ah. <laughs> like an eel. The jelly the Green Smiling.
1: Giant is is a marketing, uh, he's a mascot for vegetables. That's gorilla not... <laughs> marketing
0: green beans to us really <laughs> now. Hey kids, I know we, we joke a lot on this podcast, but it's important to eat your vegetables. This is subliminal messaging and I will not stand for it. <laughs> it is not subliminal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> buy beans, buy beans! <laughs> green, green, green! <laughs> this massive guy busts down the door. And all of the knights are immediately like, what the fuck? And they all, like, go to, like, grab their swords and everything and, like, figure out where their shit is around them. Because they're all, like, they're all just hanging out. And then this big guy came in.
0: Who let you in?
1: (laughs) His horse. Um, and he, uh, the green knight comes in. And he is, again, massive. But he's really light of step. And he, like, dismounts from his horse. And he kind of, like, bounds up to them. And he's like, oh, don't do that. Like, if I wanted to come in here and fight you guys, I would be wearing, like, armor. I'm just wearing, like, clothes.
0: Uh. <laughs> and I'm completely naked,
1: so. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not here to fight. And also, um, I would win. Like, not to be rude, but, like, um, he says here on the benches are but beardless children. And he was like, if we were in a fight, I would win, but that's not what we're doing right now.
0: Fuck. <laughs> this guy's hot as hell. <laughs> that sounds like somebody wrote a Wattpad steamy story about Shrek.
1: Okay, so, I wasn't going to talk about this until after, but I'm going to talk about this now. Okay. The Green Knight is one of the later Arthurian legends. Yeah. It it was written much later than the greater majority of, like, So it is fan. It is. Fiction. (laughs) Also, it's straight up, like, super horny. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's... I, I actually went back and I read a translation of the original script and everything because I kept getting the same kind of summaries and I was like, this is definitely just people reading each other's summaries and then saying it, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, fuck it. I'll just do the whole thing. And so I went back and I read a translation of it and it's really funny <laughs> and it's really sexy. <laughs> okay. It's definitely like a an Arthurian paperback romance kind of. <laughs> um, it's great. <laughs> um, this is great <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing I am so excited about it and it's so good <laughs> So he's like, no, we're not gonna fight That's not what I'm here about mm-hmm. But I came here to propose to you all A game The game is Any one of you can take this big old axe And strike me with one blow After which you can have the axe The only trick is that In a year and a day from now I will return the same blow to you <gasps> Uh, oh, (laughs) yes. So he says, one of you can hit me with this axe and then you can keep the axe. But in a year and a day, I will do the same thing to you. And everyone is silent because what the fuck? (laughs) Hey, Uh,
0: hey, this is kind of a private party. (laughs) Can you leave? This (laughs) doesn't sound like a
1: fun game, man. None
0: of (laughs) us want to do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it's like silent right? Mm-hmm. And the Green Knight is like, okay, sorry, I thought I was in the court of King Arthur and his round table of noble knights. Seems like there's just a bunch of pussies sitting here. Oh my here. god, dude, what is <laughs> this? And Arthur is like, alright. And he like goes to stand up and he walks up to the Green Knight. Green Knight hands him this massive green and gold axe. Mm-hmm. And Arthur, old as he is, is still a knight and he makes to swing the axe. And then Gawain from the table goes, ah. Uh, Uncle, hey, Uncle, I don't have, I haven't done any deeds yet. I don't
0: like. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't have anything yeah, of note. I, yeah, I'm not. Except any for ladies big deal. love me and I have chlamydia. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> I could
1: maybe. He's the LL Cool J of the round table in the ladies love Cool Goblin. <laughs> LL Cool J. <G. laughs> uh, so he's like, Uncle, I don't have any big deeds to my name. And this is your party? Like, you're the host, you shouldn't have to be the one to, like, defend your party, kind of? Like, mm-hmm. can I, let me take care of it. And is like, all right, go for it, yeah. And he hands Gawain the axe, and the green knight, very obligingly, pushes all of his hair off the back of his neck, and he bends over to, like, bare the back of his neck to be beheaded. And so Gawain is like, fuck all right this is your game so sure so he hefts this massive axe and in one single swing he decapitates the green knight Uh, and it is (laughs) just the description of it is super gory they're like he like the spray of red blood against this green knight is shocking and like painful to the eyes
0: this is the origin of santa claus no You're giving me red and green and holly boughs and beheadings. It's it's Christmas, Janie. (laughs) Interesting.
1: It's New Year's. Leave it alone. (laughs) Um, And like this shocking spray of like hot red blood out of the stump of the Green Knight's neck. And the horrifying thump of the axe that Gawain has swung sticking into the ground from how hard he has swung it. And then a dull thud of the Green Knight's head hitting the ground and rolling and it rolls towards the feet of Guinevere and was she gonna...
0: screams yeah I was just thinking <laughs> poor fucking Guinevere
1: she's just here for dinner <laughs> she screams mm-hmm. and then the green knight stands up <gasps> and he walks over to his head and he picks it up by the hair and he shows it to Guinevere and then he tucks it under his arm and he gets back on his horse and he says one year and a day <laughs> And then rides out. No, (laughs) what the fuck? Yeah, it's fucking wild. So basically, this guy just came in like, I'm not fighting any of you pussies. If you can kill me though, uh, you can have my cool axe. But I'm gonna kill you. And then they did. And so like Gawain is kind of like, what the fuck just happened? And King Arthur's like, hey, you did a deed, congrats. And Gawain's like, yeah, I did a deed okay, (laughs) is anybody else worried about what just happened? (laughs) And they both, they, like, come together and Guinevere is, like, hyperventilating and crying, and they're like, hey, it's okay, that was just a weird guy. No! (laughs) It's fine. And so they calm her down and then they unstick the axe from the the floor, and they hang it up over Arthur's mantle, and they're like, what a good trophy. Good job, Gawain. (laughs) Oh my god. So, time passes. Okay. And (laughs) on All Saints Day, which is October, Yeah, you know, All Saints Day, Gawain prepares to make his journey. The Green Knight has said that in one year and one day, his challenger is to meet him at the Green Chapel. I think All Um, Saints Day is November 1st. I trust you. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) I also don't know if months were the same, but yeah, All Saints Day, whenever that is. (laughs) Um, So he starts preparing in the beginning of November to go on this journey to the Green Chapel, which is a place that people know where it is. Sure.
0: You know. Kind of. Kind it's of. It's in Greenland. <laughs> it's not. It's in it's in England. Oh, it's in Iceland. <laughs> Sorry, I forget about the whole switcheroo. <laughs>
1: um, so Gawain leaves in order to reach the Green Chapel by New Year's Day, mm-hmm. which is when he has his appointment with the Green Knight. Mm-hmm. And the poem alludes to lots of other adventures that he has along the way. And they're like, but we don't have time for those right now. (laughs) Okay, well. Um, And there's a long section where he meditates on the idea of his pentacle. It's a five-pointed star that is kind of like in the style of a Celtic knot. It's like woven under and over itself, Mm -hmm. um, where it's like one continuous line in the shape of a five-pointed star. And he meditates on the idea of like the five virtues of like... Arthur's knights and everything, which are, like, courage and courteousness and, like, eating your vegetables and stuff like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he also thinks about, like, subliminal messaging. You thought I wouldn't see it there. Stop (laughs) giving us this pro-Jolly Green Giant (laughs) fucking propaganda. propaganda. (laughs)
1: So he thinks about the five virtues of a knight, and he thinks about the five virtues of Mary from the Bible and Uh, stuff like that. Sure. Sure. You know. Yeah, as you um, do. And he has this, this symbol of the pentacle on his shield. And he's, like, the what he's thinking about is the fact that, like, you know, he wants to be the perfect balance of all five of these virtues, or all ten of these virtues mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's, like, I want to be a knight that is both brave and also, like, cares about people and, like, knows when to stop. But also can't be stopped. Like, you know, yeah. he's th- like he's thinking about all these things that he wants to be as a knight. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of his journey. Sure. He rides and he rides and he rides. A couple of days before New Year's, after all of his weird adventures that we don't get to hear about, mm-hmm. he gets to a castle. He is greeted at the castle door by a lord and a lady. The lord is very finely dressed in like furs and everything like that. He is like a big man with like a ruddy face who is just as happy and with, like, a loud booming voice and everything. Mm -hmm. And the lady is the most beautiful thing Gawain has ever seen. He describes her skin as being, like, a pearl. Yeah. um, And she just has this, like, laughing smile that he, like, falls in love with instantly.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he's at metador. God damn it. These fucking Arthurian legends. I know. (laughs) I wonder what's gonna happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't you worry. (laughs) Um, He's greeted by the lord and his wife, this woman. Yeah. They've heard of him. And they're like, you're Sir Gawain. You're doing the whole, like, Green Knight thing, right? And he's like, yeah, you heard of me? And they're like, yeah, we heard of you. Super excited for you to yeah, yeah. do all that, I guess. And they're like, come on inside. And there's, um like, an old, like, a really ugly old lady in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. And they're like, anyways, fuck that old lady. <laughs> no, they don't say that. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, he's getting settled and everything and they're, like, talking and he's like, yes, I got this, like, green knight thing going on where I have to go there and I think he's going to cut off my head and it's, like, in a couple days. (laughs) (laughs) And the lord of the house is like, hey, no worries, man, because here's the thing, it's, like, two miles away and there's a path that goes straight from my house here where you are, mm-hmm. to the Green Chapel. So you don't even have to work. Like, if it's a couple days away, why, why don't you just stay for a couple of days, you know, and, like, enjoy a little bit of peace before you have to go and do this big adventure thing. You like. have to
0: go and get your head cut off. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. So Please, uh, fuck my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so Godwin is like, yeah,
1: sure, that sounds great. I would love to be indoors. <laughs> um, um, so... The lord of the house sets out this big, magnificent feast. And they're all talking and laughing over this feast and everything like that. And towards the end of the night, the lord proposes a bargain to Gawain. Where he says, now listen, I'm going to wake up first thing in the morning, as I do every morning. And I'm going to go out with my boys, my hunting party, my boys. Okay. And I'm going to go hunt some stuff, right? Mm. And, like, you're a guest in my house and everything, right? But I'm thinking, what if... I go out, I hunt some stuff, and then you get whatever I hunt, and then you'll give me whatever you get while you're here in the castle. What? Like, anything that comes into your possession while you're here in the castle, you give it to me, and I'll give you all the stuff that I hunt.
0: Hey, (laughs) this sounds like maybe he's got a a bigger agenda. (laughs) And Gawain is like...
1: It feels like I shouldn't accept. Like, if you're going out and doing the hunting, then it doesn't feel like a fair
0: bargain. Also, it's your house. And... I'm just like, here's a vase I found. And you'll really like it. It's a picture of your face. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Here's some jewels. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Gawain is like, I don't know, that just doesn't seem fair to you. And the Lord of the House is like, no, like, this is, you know, you're my guest, so you can't say no. (laughs) You're kind of obligated to play this weird game with me. (laughs) And so, yeah, he's like, all right, weird ask, but sure. So they all go to bed. They're attended by all of the servants to bed. And Gawain gets to sleep in a big comfy bed for the first time in a long time and also take a bath for the first time in a long time. Mm -hmm. And he lays down to sleep. And first thing in the morning, sure enough the lord of the house goes out with his hunting party and the hunting party goes out into the forest and they're able to find like a flock of deer and there's this really long and beautiful description of them like catching all of these deer and everything like that and Hmm. like hunting all these deer down and it's like super gory and loud (laughs) and like they're like and the clamoring of the horses through the forest and everything and then it's like meanwhile oh no back at the castle oh no Gawain has woken up and it is morning. And he thinks that he has woken up because it's morning. And then he hears what he heard before, which is the clicking of the door as someone opens it. Someone. <laughs> he pretends to be asleep. Yeah. And he cracks one eye just a little bit. And he sees the lady of the house sneak into his room, look at his face, see that he's sleeping as far as she can tell. And then she just sits on the edge of the bed and waits for him to wake up. Huh. So he like he's like... Makes a big show of being like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! (laughs) Who is this?" (laughs) And this woman is like first thing in the morning, and she's wearing like the most beautiful dress and everything. And she (laughs) comes in, and with like her like laughing smile, Mm -hmm. she's like, "Sir Knight." If it is this easy to sneak up on you while you're asleep, I'm amazed that you've survived this long. Oh,
0: shit. <laughs> this is hot.
1: Yeah. She's like, I can't believe that a woman such as myself has so successfully trapped a knight.
0: <laughs> uh, my lady.
1: Can <laughs> she's you please like, keep it in your pants?
0: <laughs> she's like... How lucky
1: am I to have been able to trap a knight in this very bed? I'll bind you to the bed so you can't leave and you're uh <laughs> so okay. that you are obligated to my company. And he's like, oh, my lady. <laughs> no need to bind uh, me.
0: I'm fucking oh, naked under here. I can't exactly walk out.
1: <laughs> and he's like, oh hi. Uh, you know, give me just a second. I'm, if you want to just go out, I'll like get dressed and then we can hang out. How do you, like, we I'll just get ready? <laughs> and she's like, hey. I'll make you more ready than you'll ever be. Oh, no! <laughs>
0: That's basically a line in it. But <laughs> This little pearl lady is smooth. Yeah, she's, Also like... dissolves in vinegar. Yep. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, go check out Affinity Floral Arts for her dissolving in vinegar science experiment. Yeah, I love it. In the yeah. story
1: of Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have this, like, witty repartee all morning where she keeps, like, very obviously coming on to him, and he keeps being, like... He's, like, not not into it, but he's, like, I am about to go die. So, like, probably not best to go make a bunch of mistakes right before then. Why not? (laughs) He's, like, I don't want to piss off this guy whose house I'm staying in. Yeah. And also, I am a knight, and there are, like, knightly virtues that I'm supposed to be upholding and everything like that. So I probably
0: shouldn't fuck this guy's wife. Uh... I'm sorry. Did he not read the rest of the Arthurian legends? <laughs> they're constantly fucking everybody's wives. <laughs> that's all they fucking do.
1: <laughs> so they have this like witty repartee, and they're like talking about a bunch of different things. Yeah, and they end up talking like all morning hmm. um, until like lunchtime, and then <laughs> she's like, "Well, you know, I'll leave you. I'll leave you to yourself. Let you have some alone time." She goes to leave, and she's like, "Oh, well, that's rude." And he's like, "What?" And she says, Well, a courteous knight would like give a lady a kiss for taking up her whole morning.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I can't believe that a knight of the court would occupy a lady for this long and not even give her a kiss in consolation. He's like,
0: I can't stand up right now, ma'am. <laughs> As you can see, I've pitched a tent right here in this bed spread.
1: And so he's kind of like, All right, like I don't want to be rude. And so she leans over and gives him a kiss. hmm Then they go to mass, they go to afternoon mass. Sure, confess their
0: sins.
1: (laughs) And then the lord of the house gets home in time for dinner. Mm -hmm. And he comes in with his hunting party, like, loud, and they're all carrying deer over their shoulders and everything like that. (laughs) And the lord comes in and he's like, I have never had... Such a good hunt. Like, I've never caught gotten this many deer in one day. This is truly fortuitous. And I am so excited to be able to give our guest such a wonderful gift. Oh, my
0: God. Awkward.
1: So he comes in and he, like, brings all of the deer to Gawain, who is <laughs> sitting very still. <laughs> <laughs> and he brings all the deer in. And he's like, well, here you have my part of the bargain. Now, have you gotten anything today that you would like to pass on to me? And Gawain is like, one thing. And then he leans in and he gives the Lord a kiss. <laughs> uh, like a full on mouth kiss. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and they make out for a little while. Oh. <laughs> and then the Lord is like, well, now I wonder where in my castle you would have gotten that. And Gawain is like, that's not part of the deal. I don't have to tell you where I got it. I just have to give it to you. And the Lord <laughs> is like. You read the contract, I
0: appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy that he didn't fuck that man's wife. <laughs> yeah. I do think that the Lord and Lady are swingers and 100 percent oh, I think the Lord definitely wanted him to fuck his wife. I think the Lord definitely I think maybe he wanted a child. I don't, I don't know. even feel like we haven't had any mention of children so far. That like he's like, I have this hot young knight that's gonna die, meaning I won't have anybody competing for maybe father, like parental rights.
1: I Fuck my wife
0: and give me an heir. I have an alternate theory that I will tell you about. Okay, go (laughs) ahead.
1: But first, Mm -hmm. they butcher the deer. They all have a massive feast of venison for dinner and have a great night, you Mm -hmm. know? And before they go to bed, the Lord's like, hey, remember that bargain's still on for the rest of the time that you're here. And Gawain's like, oh, cool. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they all go to bed. And the next morning, the Lord goes off again with his hunting party. Mm -hmm. Right? And... Gawain is in bed and the same thing happens where she sneaks into his room and he's like, my lady, hello, long time no see. Um, And she's like, I can't believe I thought we were friends. I can't believe you're being so cold and stern to me. And he's like, I don't, I don't intend to do that. And I'm really sorry if that's the impression that you got. And And she's like, no, it's fine. I mean, it's just, I taught you a lesson yesterday and it's like, you've already forgotten it. And he's like, I don't remember what it was. And she's like, it was a lesson in kissing. Oh, my God. Um, where is it? Yeah, I taught you of kissing. Um, she's just been and then, coming
0: in to stress him out. And it's working.
1: <laughs> and then she leans over and she gives him a kiss. Mm-hmm. And then they spend almost all day until the afternoon mass. So mm-hmm. even longer than the previous day, just sitting in bed and talking. And he is very much at this point, he's like, okay, this is going to keep happening. So I'm just going to put up a real hard and firm wall. Yeah, it like, is. Hard and <laughs> <firm>. <laughs> It's a big wall. <laughs> so they they talk, and she, like, compliments him on his conversation and everything. <laughs> and she says, you know, I've heard in, from the ladies of the court that you are an expert of love speaking. Talk dirty to me, Gawain. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, which is strange because we've been talking for a long time and I haven't heard it yet. And he's like, nor will you. Anyways, <laughs> I say again, you up. <laughs> <laughs> they talk more and then she's like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, let you get to it. And then she gives him another kiss and she leaves. They go to mass.
0: <laughs> Confess and then, their sins.
1: And then the Lord returns. And this time... He has slaughtered a boar. There is a long section about this like horrifying, gory boar hunt that they went through, mm-hmm. and a lot of one of the things in like the literary analysis that's mentioned is the fact that like the stakes are getting higher for Gawain. Yeah, and they're also reflected in the fact that they're, like, you know, getting more
0: dangerous. Yes,
1: the hunt is getting more dangerous is what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, if you want to hear a really gory description of a boar hunt, check out our episode on Atalanta and the Caledonian boar.
0: Such a good one and also (laughs) a terrifying one. Yeah, so good. (laughs) Episode
1: 45. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So the Lord of the House returns with a boar and he lays it down at Gawain's feet and he tells him all about this massive, violent battle that he and his men have had with this boar and like the glory and the blood and everything. Mm -hmm. And he's like, anyways, this is for you and for me. Anything? Any little treat for me? And Gawain is like, all right. And he (laughs) (laughs) leans in and he gives the Lord two kisses this time. I
0: love how many kisses between men are in this story. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they're, yeah. He gives him like two very somber Kisses Mm -hmm. and the Lord of the house is like, Wow, thank you. Right. (laughs) Uh, And Gawain is like, But listen, this like bargain of ours, it has to end today. Like, I don't want to do this again tomorrow. I really appreciate it, but I feel like you're doing a lot of work and I'm just sitting here and getting kisses. (laughs) (laughs) And the Lord is like, Well, I mean, it does seem a little unfairly weighted, right? And Gawain is like, Yeah, I mean, like you're going out and hunting and I'm just staying in here. And the Lord is like, Oh no, I meant. I, all I did was slaughter a boar, and you gave me these beautiful kisses.
0: Oh my God! <laughs> um, <laughs> Sir, keep it in your britches!
1: <laughs> and he says, Listen, we're not gonna stop this bargain here because, you know, we did say as long as you're under my roof, this is the bargain, and I know that you're a man of your word, so you're not gonna break that now, are you? And Gawain is like, Okay. <laughs>
0: Um, Um, This guy is definitely wanting a hand drop And I don't know how to tell him I'm not into this
1: (laughs) (laughs) On the third day The lord leaves and he says Twice I have tried your word I've asked you to give me something And twice you've honestly given it So, uh, uh, (laughs) For twice I have tried ye And found ye true And the morrow shall be the third time And the best (laughs)
0: Oh, this is a
1: threat. (laughs) Gawain, get out of there. And then the Lord goes and he hunts a fox. And actually, yeah. Meanwhile, Gawain in his room, the lady comes again. And this is now, this is New Year's Eve Mm -hmm. is what day this is. She comes to him and he's like, you know, I'm kind of going to miss our conversations when I have to leave tomorrow, you know. And he's just thinking a lot. Like he's the...
0: Just a sweet, honest boy.
1: Yeah. He's like starting to enter the depression of, oh, I have to go die tomorrow. And she says, like, I'm, I'm going to miss our conversations too. And it just seems like the nightly thing to do would be to give me some token of you so that I don't have to, I have something to mourn over once you're gone. She
0: wants a baby. So does the king. (laughs) Um,
1: She says like, even if it's just like your glove, like anything that I can remember you by. And he says, he's like, oh, my lady. Oh my God. You know what
0: she's asking for? Huh? No condoms. Oh no. (laughs) Give me that glove. (laughs) We don't need it. (laughs) raw um, dog me going anyway <laughs> is that a good episode title or maybe too raunchy no that's bad
1: <laughs> and he says my lady there's nothing that i have that would be good enough to give to you like anything i could give you would basically be an insult because nothing would like stand up to how good yard <laughs> girl <laughs> yeah And she says, all right, well, then let me give you something. And she produces a gold ring with a ruby inset into it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, let me give you this just as a token. And Gawain is like, that is, first of all, it looks super expensive. And no. And also, I'm going to go die, so I can't use it. Also, Um, anything
0: you give me, I have to give to your husband. So is this like a weird passing notes in class type
1: (laughs) of thing? And he refuses. He's like, "I, I can't take that, but thank you. And she says, all right, well, if you can't take the ring... Then take this. And she is wearing this beautiful, like, pale green dress with a dark green and gold girdle over it. Like a belt, kind of like a sash. Like, here, take my dress. (laughs) (laughs) And she unties the the girdle, the sash from around her waist. And it's all silk and lace and, like, embroidered and shot through with, like, gold and everything like that. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) And she gives it to him. And she says, please at least take this. Like, it's it's not as expensive as the ring, so you don't have to worry about anything like that. And he's like, I really, I can't take any gifts from you. I'm already, like, staying in your house. That's gifted enough. And she's like, oh, well, I, you probably should take this one, though, because anyone who wears this girdle is impervious to harm.
0: No! Uh, that king wants this. <laughs> what? The king wants this. This was the whole plan. <laughs> the knight? No, The king. he has to give whatever he he gets to the king oh to the lord oh that's what i meant yeah Yeah, it's like king arthur (laughs) yeah he wants this girdle (laughs) (laughs)
1: and she says that the girdle is like magic protection and the wearer cannot be slain for any magic on this earth um and gawain kind of thinks about it and he like feels really ashamed about it but he's like I really don't want to go die and I'm gonna go die unless I have something like this. So finally he, you know, she keeps like pushing it into his hands and being like, please take it. And he's like, no, no, no. And she's like, please take it. And he's like, no, no, no,
0: no, no. <laughs>
1: and then finally she's like, please, please take it. And
0: he's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> all you got to do is ask me three times. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's he's living by Austin Powers' rules.
1: <laughs> and she, tells, she says to him, please, please. Just keep this a secret from my husband. Oh. I know that you promised to give him whatever you got, mm. but you need this. Please don't tell him that I gave this He's to you. He's like, well, then give me something else. Dem titties, girl. Uh, No, but she does give him, before she leaves, another three kisses.
0: Oh. Three big old kisses. Okay.
1: The Lord returns from his hunt with the fox. Gawain in in the meantime has tied the girdle underneath of his shirt, so he's wearing it, but like it's okay. And I know
0: what a girdle is, but I'm just imagining him wearing women's underwear underneath all of his (laughs) (laughs) gloves. Like if he does die and they're like having to dress his body, they start taking off layers of his like you know like a reverse Mulan. Yeah, (laughs) it's like knight's armor, and they're like, oh, Uh, okay, Gawain. No shade. It's just we weren't expecting it. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, they have to reorient what they thought about Gawain. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> So the Lord returns with a a fox pelt, and he tells the story of how they chase down this very sneaky fox in the forest and everything like that. And he gives Gawain the fox belt. Mm-hmm. Gawain gives him three more kisses. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, actually, also the uh, kisses conversation where he was like, all I did was hunt a stupid... It's, it's actually this time. Okay. It's when he... It doesn't matter for me telling the story, but I don't want someone to email Janie and correct me. So
0: <laughs> You can fucking try to email me and correct me. I can't read. <laughs> so
1: ahead. the Lord says, like, I only got this fox pelt. It's not nearly as nice as those three kisses you gave me. <laughs> oh. And then he promises God when he's like, I know that you have to leave in the morning. It's the day of your appointment with the great Knight. So I am going to send one of my guides with you. And you'll, we'll, be, we'll make sure that you get to the chapel tomorrow. Oh. And... Gawain goes to bed and first thing in the morning he wakes up and he gets on his horse and one of the Lord's guides gets on his horse and they set off down the path to the Green Chapel. Yeah. As they get close to the chapel, the guide basically says, like, this is as far as I go. And he, like, goes to leave. And then he turns back to Gawain and he's like, you know, you know that if you go in there, you're going to die. Hmm. Like. We all know the Green Knight around here, and he is not light-handed. Yeah. Like, he will hit you with that axe, and your head will be off. Like, you are going to die if you go in there. And Gawain is like, yeah, I know. And the guy's like, all right, well, I'm getting out of here. And he, like, (laughs) gallops off as fast as (laughs) possible. (laughs) (laughs) So Gawain makes the rest of the journey on his own and he finally gets to the green chapel. Now, I was picturing a chapel. Yeah. It's not. The green chapel is described as being almost like a fairy mound. Oh, um, cool. it's like a hill with a deep crevice or cavern through the center of it.
0: Cool, cool, um, cool.
1: And I actually I, it. I was going to show you later, but I'm going to show you now instead. There are a couple of ideas of where in actual England this might be. One of them which I really like is called Lud's Church. And this is what it looks like.
0: Pretty! It's these, like,
1: massive moss-covered stone walls with, like, a thin crevice going through them. It's so cool. Like, it's just these, like, m- huge towering mossy walls with, like, a thin, like, barely walkable crevice in between them. This reminds um, me of
0: where Edward and Bella fell in love in the forest. <laughs> JD, everything reminds me of that. Okay. <laughs> Well, this one in particular. It's not rude if it's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he, he goes to this like massive fairy hill kind of with a like a crevice shot through it. Yeah. And he gets a feeling from this place that is just evil. He's like, this is the place where the devil's work happens, basically. Yeah. And inside he can hear this like a high, like whining, scraping sound.
0: Oh, then sharpening his fucking ass. As he gets closer, he realizes it's the sound of a grindstone. Great. I mean, listen, you want a sharp axe. Yes. That's like first and foremost. If you've got to be beheaded, pray to God that axe is sharp.
1: <laughs> and as he gets closer, he sees inside of this like crevice or cavern or whatever, the green knight is seated next to a grindstone and he's sharpening an axe. Obviously, the green axe is hanging over Arthur's mantle. Yeah. So you might wonder what this axe looks like. It is a brand new axe. It is a Danish axe. And the head of it... The sharp part is four feet long. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) The green knight looks up as he hears Gawain come in and he uses the butt of the axe to help himself stand up. And he's like, ah, you're, I was almost expecting that you wouldn't show up. Turns out you are a man of your word. Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Now, fair sir, one may trust though to keep tryst. Now I know I can trust you. And he, in, like, a massive leap, leaps over a, like, little stream that is passing between them and, like, lands right in front of Gawain
0: with this huge fucking axe in his hand. And he's like, but first, give me everything you got at that castle. And then you have to make out, like, a bunch more. And Gawain's like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening to me? Everybody just wants to see. <laughs> Everybody me wants kisses. to kiss me? <laughs> Come on.
1: And the Green Knight looks around and he says we are in this valley verily alone here there are no knights to sever us do what we will which is either very threatening or very sexy both (laughs) (laughs) where he's like all right well now that we're here away from all the other knights let's uh, make out yeah or i'm gonna brutally murder you okay just to know maybe both (laughs) yeah just very scary he's like underlining the fact that he's like so you're out here all alone And this is kind of your first adventure, and uh, so uh, interesting choice, interesting choice. You come here
0: often (laughs) to my house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the Green Knight basically says, all right, well, you showed up, and, uh, you know, time to pay up, so let's do this thing. Uh, You know, and when you, by the way, when you cut off my head, I was silent, so I don't want to hear any complaining from you. (gasps) That is real. That is actually... (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. So the Green Knight is like, I don't want to hear any complaining, because I didn't complain right? And this is blow for blow, right? Gawain is like, alright, well, this is what we're here to do. And he takes off his helmet and he brushes all of his hair to the side to reveal the back of his neck. And he bends down. The Green Knight hefts this massive axe and in one huge swing brings it down on the back of Gawain's neck. And the moment before it touches him, Gawain flinches in fear away from it. And the Green Knight stops (gasps) mid-swing. And he says... Thou art not Gawain who is held so valiant uh, Hey
0: dude, fuck you
1: <laughs> Such cowardice did I never hear of Gawain He's like, whoa, like this can't be <laughs> Being a real pussy bitch right now Hey, just <laughs> stop talking and kill me Yeah, and he's like, look, I mean This is what you did to me and I didn't flinch So I think we've just learned that I'm braver than you And Gawain is like You're right, I'm sorry It won't happen again. I mean, when I cut off your head, you didn't die. You kind of just picked up your head and walked away. You knew that you
0: weren't going to die. And
1: I am going to die, so it's a little different. But you're right. I'm not going to flinch again. So the Green Knight is like, all right, well, if you're ready this time. And Gawain's like, go for it. Let's just get this over with. And the Green Knight, again, hefts this massive axe. Mm -hmm. And he swings and he... Gawain doesn't move he is rooted to the ground in like he's firm and solid and he is ready to die yeah and the green knight hefts this axe and once again it lands on the back of Gawain's neck and he's like well see there you know I was just making sure you were not going to flinch again so now that I know that you're not going to be an asshole oh (laughs) my god (laughs) this is so fucked up he's like now that I know that you're not going to flinch now I can do it for real right and Gawain says why talk on thus that us threaten too long. I hope thy heart misgives thee. He's right? like, okay, you know what? Go fuck yourself.
0: Okay, just fucking kill me and stop talking about it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I mean, yeah, but also he did wait for a year and one day to do this. You know that he's been like psyching himself up. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many other knights he uh, killed in the meantime. Like he had a year mm-hmm. and one day packed with all of them. Mm-hmm. I bet he was the only one that showed up. Maybe yeah. go ahead. Uh, and the Green
1: Knight says, uh, "Forsooth, so fiercely thou speakest, I will no longer let thine errand await its reward." Oh, good. He's like, "Oh well, if you're so excited about it, then let's just get it over with." <laughs> that fucking sucks. I love how sassy
0: everyone in this <laughs> is.
1: Um, and he's like, "Okay, well, no, okay." <laughs> so uh, the Green Knight is like, "Okay, for real this time," and Gawain's like, "For real this time." All and right, he's like for real this time, and he's like, "Okay, do it." And so the Green Knight once again. Hefts this massive axe and he swings it down at Gawain's neck, and blood stains the snow. And only the smallest cut appears on the very back of Gawain's neck where the axe rests. And the green knight says, Well, that's that. I did it. I returned the blow. And if you were to hit me with the axe again, I would have to hit you with the axe again. But for now, we're square. So, huh. Got it done. And Gawain's like, What? (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, scrambles to get all... Like, he grabs his helmet and his sword, and he's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And the green knight is like, well, blow for blow. You struck me in the neck, and now I've struck you in the neck. And now we're even. (laughs) And... I was like, what the fuck is happening? And the Green Knight kind of, he picks up his axe and he like leans on the head of it. Oh my God. So he's resting his weight. This is how they describe, this is not me riffing. Okay. Just fully exactly like this picture of Mordred. I know, he's I just, just looked like, at the picture really of Mordred casually. leaning
0: on his sword. Yeah,
1: just like real cocky leaning on this massive axe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the first time I didn't strike because on the first night you kept your bargain. The second time was the same. <gasps> oh, but on the third night, you failed and you lied to your host. Oh, my God. And as a result, I had to draw just a little bit of blood. And Oh,
0: I'm so mad.
1: Gowen is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, the Green Knight kind of laughs and he like shakes his hair and he's like, you don't recognize me? Oh, I'm Bertilac de Haudazerre your host, and the lord of the castle is the Green Knight. Uh, The Green Knight is the lord in disguise. I also didn't see this coming the first time I read it. I was like, what the fuck? Um, uh, He's like, yeah, I, you know, obviously, I didn't want to, like, you know. Hmm. You kept your bargain most of the time. <laughs> you're a good knight. So, like, I'm not going to be too mad about it, right? And he's like, by the way, uh, how do you like that girdle? <laughs> and Godwin's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, the girdle that my wife gave you? My my girdle that's mine that you're wearing? Oh. That you lied to me about? That one? How do you like it? <laughs> and Gawain's like, what? <laughs> um, and the green knight explains, Bertilak explains, that he sent his wife to test Gawain. Yeah. Because Bertilak was transformed by Morgan Le Fay oh. into the Green Knight to test the metal of Arthur's Court. Okay. Because there was a rumor that his knights were no longer knightly. Oh. Uh, and so uh, she also was hoping that Guinevere would drop dead when she saw someone's head. Uh, <laughs> separately. That's not the main thing, but that's one of the things. God, Morgan. <laughs> and uh, so Morgan Le Fay transformed him into the Green Knight and he went to go test the metal of Arthur's Court, which is why he's being such a dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And he's like, and then, you know, you came to my house and I just had to fuck with you a little bit more. Am I right? Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, I don't blame you for taking the girdle. Your only sin is loving your life and loving being alive. And that's no sin at all. Yeah. Uh, Which is why, of course, I couldn't cut your head off because you're a good knight. And Gawain is, like, sobbing and his, like, face is all red and he's like, I'm not a good knight. I'm not a good knight. And he, like, takes off the girdle and he's like, please take this. I, there's no honor in what I've done and everything. And Bertilak is like, no, keep the girdle. Remember what happened here, you know? And remember to always be honest, you know? Yeah. And... He says, uh, keep this for a token of the adventure of the Green Chapel as it chanced between chivalrous knights. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. And then Gawain, once like some of the blood leaves his face and he stops hyperventilating, he goes on this whole thing where he's like, oh my God, of course, Morgan Le (laughs) Fay cursed you. And of course, your wife tried to ruin my virtue because you can't trust women. And women are the ruining of men. He goes on a whole misogynistic (laughs) rant. And he talks about, like, bitches
0: be crazy and, like, Samson and Delilah and all this shit. Okay. And then... Uh, well, tell him to listen to that episode of the podcast with Samson and Delilah. I
1: think that that's on purpose. I think that this is showing Gawain to be not great. Okay. Like, this is... I think that this is... We've already seen evidence that he's not upholding these knightly virtues. He lied. Sure. Right?
0: But I'm I gonna go ahead and excuse him for that.
1: Yes. But also, at the same time, he's, like, as soon as... Like Samson and Delilah... Not Delilah's fault, you know? And I think it's the same kind of thing where he's like, oh, uh, these women are completely trying to ruin my life. And it's like, no, you, you, you definitely didn't have to do any of this. Yeah, Samson this was going, going in all your having choices. sex with
0: sex workers. Delilah wasn't a sex worker, but still, yeah. that's what his whole thing was. Yeah, okay, I kind of get that. Yeah, I so agree. it's like, anyways, it's, it's whole, a whole like, weird misogynistic rant but that he do does you for think a paragraph. That, do you think that was on purpose? Mm-hmm. Does it end with a thing of like, and he was wrong about the misogynistic rant? Or is that just genuinely how they felt back then?
1: I think that because of the illusions that it makes, it feels to me like satire a little bit. Okay. But that's just my interpretation. And so then Bertilak explains, you know, I was cursed by Morgan Le Fay to test the Medal of Arthur's Court. And he also explains that the super ugly old woman in the corner back at his house mm. is Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> <laughs> And he is like, yeah, she tried to scare Guinevere to death. Guess it didn't work. Uh, anyways, now that that's all taken care of, you want to come back to the castle? You can come meet your aunt. By the way, Morgan Le Fay is your aunt. You want to come see her? Pretty crazy, right? No. And Gawain is like, I think I'm going to go home. And Bertilak <laughs> is like, all right, well, uh, I guess I'll see you later. And then they both <laughs> go their separate ways. And Gawain rides back to Camelot. And he always has a scar A, like, thin white scar across the back of his neck from where the axe hit him. And he always carries this girdle of shame, basically, where he's (laughs) like, this is a reminder to myself to be better. This is my shame
0: girdle. Does (laughs) it have any magical properties or is that a fucking lie? I don't know. That seems like a lie. It's not clear. They got him Um, to wear women's underwear as, like, a lie and also a little (laughs) joke.
1: (laughs) And he keeps being like, this is proof that I'm a bad knight and a bad boy. And all the other knights are like... Gawain, you're not a bad boy. Knight. You're not a bad boy, buddy. You're, you're doing a your good best. You're boy. But it's okay. None of us are perfect. You're the you know? best boy. And he's like, no, I'm bad. And they're like, no, you're not. It's okay. Like, everyone forgives you. <laughs> you're just human. And he's like, no, I'm bad. And they're like,
0: this is we exhausting. love you. And, we're all, and then they
1: all start wearing green girdles around their wrist as Aww. a show of support
0: for Gawain. <laughs> that's so
1: cute. And it's great. And that's the end of the story. That was epic. That was
0: very fun.
1: Love it so much. A couple things. uh, I already showed you Lud's Church and the Green Chapel, Mm -hmm. which I just think is very cool. There are a couple of other places that they think it might be just based on during the trip, he, like, mentions a couple of, like, landmarks that he passes. So they have some idea of where it is. And it is in that area where the author would have been from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that uh, Northwest Midlands area hmm. that the author's dialect indicates that they're from is kind of where they're looking for these places where the Green Chapel would be. And we'll we'll post pictures of Ludd's church on the page. It's very cool. Okay. <laughs> and it's also, you know, he talks about the pentacle a lot and, like, this, like, five-pointed star, the five virtues and everything like that. This poem in its original version has not 100, but 101 stanzas. Okay. Which is weird. It's, like, off, right? And it has 2,525, no, 2,530 lines Mm -hmm. instead of 2,525, which is five squared twice, 2525. Yeah. And it's so close that it's part of the point of like the writing of this is like, you don't get that close on accident. Mm -hmm. It's like almost fives. Right. And it's a little bit wrong. And I reflect the structure of the poem reflects the fact that, these five virtues that Gawain is emulating he doesn't quite get them right and in the same way it's like you can't find a perfect balance of these five virtues and so like the poem is structured after that idea
0: in a way that really
1: can't be a mistake. I I really uh, don't
0: like the idea of putting math into (laughs) old epics. No thank you. (laughs) Um,
1: This is also you know we talked about like the way that Arthurian legend ties into other mythologies and stuff like that. Um, the story of, like, the beheading game or the story of, like, the the gifts exchanged challenge mm-hmm. uh, has a really long literary history both before and after the writing of the Green Knight. There's one story called uh, Fled Bracran, which is a story about uh, Cúchulain in Irish mythology, which also involves, like, a beheading game and everything. It's from the Ulster cycle of Irish mythology. There's, like, allusions to a Muslim character. Like, the Green Knight is paralleled and described very similarly to like a Muslim hero. Is that what the movie's about? Is that
0: why they have, uh, Mm -mm. what's his name?
1: Death Patel? No, no. But yeah, it's like, there are all these really cool connections to other things. One of the things that they talked about is they're like, it doesn't talk. it, It says like, Oh, Morgan Le Fay cursed him to be the green knight. But why was he green? (laughs) And there are lots of theories on it. But, like, one of the ideas is that there's this, like, Christian court of Arthur that's all, like, it's a stone castle and there's the order of the round table and everything like that. It's very orderly and all that kind of stuff. And then this green knight comes in and he's huge and green and, like, a little crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the ideas of this is that it's a battle between Christianity and, like, the, like, Christian ideas of purity and stuff like that versus, like, the older Celtic ideas of, like, nature and, like, like life and strength and, like, the the price of things uh, in nature and stuff like that, which yeah. I think is very cool. Like, yeah. this, like, very orderly, oh, it's Christmas! And then it's like, hey, what's up? It's real Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what's up? It's mean your boy, Nature. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that's one of the things. They also talk about, like, in English and Irish mythology, there are, like, the positive associations of green with, like, leaves and life and yeah. birth and all that kind of stuff. But there's also the negative associations of, like, disease, jealousy and disease and poison and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, this idea of the green knight coming at the new year also and, like, the cycle of the year and all this kind of stuff of, like, this is, this is nature taking its vengeance a little bit. That's cool.
0: Yeah. I like it a lot. But I like the green knight. That was excellent. Thanks. This is a pretty epic episode. Yeah. And a long one, but I I'm mad of about it. it. Yeah. Hi, episode 50, where you get like double the amount of episodes. Yeah.
1: Also, I just, I also really like that the lady of the house and Gawain like actually have conversations and yeah. are like flirty in a way that is still considered flirtatious today.
0: Yeah. I think that that's really cool. Like yeah, they're like. It is hot as hell. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And I <laughs> it love was it. was good. Well, fun. This does make me want to actually get to know a lot more of the Arthurian legends. Yeah. I hope you guys feel the same. And again, reach out and let us know. Yeah. And guys, we already mentioned our socials plugs, but rate and review this podcast. If you liked this, just leave us a review on Spotify or Apple or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. That lets you rate and review it. It makes us feel good and it does help us a lot, especially as we're getting more episodes. Yeah. Hey. Uh, And at this point, you've already listened to... One, I believe, maybe two of our sort of off-topics. Please let us know what you think about those. We're pretty proud of them. Okay. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) let's do it. I think we're good to go. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Uh, See you later. I was trying to think of an Arthurian way to say goodbye, and I was like, cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Excelsior. (laughs) Excelsior. Oh, so my school does this... Morning announcement thing, and one of the the woman who does it does a Farley's fun fact of the of the day, and she always gives a new fun fact for the kids to know. And one of them was that in our lifetimes we will fill, not we will, <laughs> <laughs> in the lifetimes we produce enough spit to fill two swimming pools. I'm gonna fill two fill sp-
1: <laughs> fill two swimming pools with my
0: spit tomorrow oh god you drooling a lot buddy not yet we're gonna fill two swimming pools full of spit Mm -hmm. uh each so we'll have four swimming pools of spit and that's how we're going to defeat (laughs) al-qaeda oh
1: yeah uh we're uh selling memberships for five thousand dollars per year to come to our swimming pools full of spit ew
0: (laughs) i don't want to see the type of people who want to swim in our saliva So you don't want $5,000 per hen? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying (laughs) I don't want to
1: see them. (laughs) You don't have to. That's not part of the deal.